want you to miss it, but try to bring one with you. I'm going to read this morning as a basis for my message that I've called Transferring the Anointing. I hope you'll listen carefully to it today, especially to certain points that I make. And I'll try to highlight them for you where I want your special attention. Transferring the anointing. I'm reading from 2 Kings chapter 2. Most of you probably know that 2 Kings is right after 1 Kings. It's very easy to find in the Old Testament. I'll give you a chance to find it there with me if you'd like to. 2 Kings chapter 2. This is about the prophet Elijah and the prophet Elisha. Two different men, almost the same calling upon their lives, but not identically the same. And this is now in 2 Kings chapter 2. I'm going to read starting at verse 6. Then Elijah said to him, to Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them. As they both were standing by the Jordan, Elijah and Elisha were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water. And the water was parted to the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed the Jordan River, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please, let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, Elijah said, You have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. As they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven, and Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him. Elisha saw Elijah no more. Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit will anoint words that are spoken today, and let them not just be words, let them not just be ideas or concepts or even interpretations. Let them be arrows anointed by the Holy Spirit, piercing our hearts and bringing truth on their wings. Let us gain an understanding today about walking with you, obeying you, serving you, and receiving the very best that you have for us. Let us gain that today as our understanding and in our spiritual perception, as the anointing of the Lord prevails in this time of worship through your word. Teach us Show us, lead us, guide us in all things today as we dissect that which you have given to us for our development and our growth. In Jesus' name, amen. Elijah, a prophet of God. Elisha, also a prophet of God. Elijah, the teacher, 
Elisha the student, Elijah the leader, Elisha the follower, Elijah the man of God used by the mighty power of God, Elisha also a man of God used by the mighty power of God. The first introduction we have to Elisha is a few chapters back in 1 Kings when Elijah met him. Elijah had been in great victories. He had called out fire on Mount Carmel. He had overcome the prophets of Baal. He had overcome the enemy, at least as far as his faith was concerned. He had won, he had won great victories and great battles. But now he became discouraged. It's amazing how you can get discouraged after God does some great, wonderful things, isn't it? But Elijah became discouraged. He went and sat down under a tree, and he just began to weep and wail before the Lord. And he said, I'm the only one left. Out of all these people who are not carnal, said the Lord, he is God. They'll return to their ways. I'm the only one left, and I feel alone in serving you, Lord. And God spoke to him, and he said, Elijah, I've got 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. You're not the only one. You may think you are, you feel like you are, but you're not. I've got 7,000 faithful people who've never bowed the knee to Baal, who've never cried out praise to his name, who have always honored me and walked with me and served me. You're not the only one serving God. I add that in just because you might sometimes feel like that yourself. And if you do... Remember, there are a lot of other people serving God. You're not the only one. You never have to be lonely in the kingdom of God unless you choose to be and decide that you're going to be. Because there are always other people who love God as much as you do and want to walk with Him as much as you do and walk as closely with Him as you do. So Elijah learned the lesson, and then God, right after that, led him to Elisha, where Elisha was plowing in the field, and Elijah came upon him, and God spoke to him and said, This is the man be with you. So he called Elisha to follow him. Elisha did that, and from that time on, he followed him through the school of the prophets, which they had operating there in Israel, led now by Elijah. And uh, Elisha became like a disciple of Elijah, and he was constantly with him, following him, learning, being developed by him. So now there comes a time in the life and ministry of Elijah when God is calling it to a conclusion. In this world, everything comes to an end. People die. Great men of God are retired and put aside. They've done their service. They've performed their duty before the Lord. They've obeyed Him. And everything comes to an end. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't want to shock anybody here, but every one of us is going to die if Jesus doesn't come soon. That's just the way it is. And Elijah faced an unusual situation. God had finished with his ministry on earth, but he gave Elijah a special exception, symbolizing the rapture of the Lord when he calls us out, if that happens for us. Let's pray that the Lord comes soon. I'd rather go into rapture than to die. I thought that would be something that you would agree with me on. So, so Elijah now, the word is out. God has spoken to people saying, Elijah's ministry is finished. 
I'm ready to call him home. And most people were grasping that God was going to call him, but they didn't know how. They didn't know how the Lord was going to take him up, but they knew that was going to happen because that word had now become known among the school of the prophets and the sons of the prophets. And Elisha knew it as well. So now he and Elijah are walking along together. And Elijah says to Elisha, I want you to stay here while I go to Bethel. And Elisha said back to Elijah, I won't leave you as the Lord lives and as you live. I will not leave you. So he went with him to Bethel. When they got to Bethel, Elijah spoke to him again. He said, I want you to stay here because the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And in effect, Elisha said, if God's called you to Jericho, he's called me to Jericho too. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to keep you in my sight. I'm not going to turn loose. I'm not going to turn aside. I'm going with you to Jericho. Now, there were some stragglers that came along with them. Fifty of the sons of the prophets who were out of the school of the prophets decided they would follow, I think, just to see what was going to happen. Because they were not a part of the main body. They were lingerers coming along. They were the spectators who just wanted to say, what is this going to be? But at least they were there. So they followed them along. And now, here Elijah and Elisha, they arrive at Jericho. Now, the problem with the sons of the prophets, every time they stop somewhere, when they stopped at Gilgal, when they stopped at Bethel, when they stopped at Jericho, the sons of the prophets wanted to talk. So they came running up to Elisha. Did you know that your master is going to be taken away? You see, they're spreading the word. They're distracting Elisha from what he needed to be doing, which was concentrating on the finality and the closing days, the closing hours even, of the life and ministry of Elisha in this world, Elijah in this world. So the sons of the prophets were distractors, talking to him about all these different kinds of things. When you are, when you are following a close pathway with God, I just interject this, not to talk badly about anybody, but just to tell you the truth. When you're trying to follow along closer with God, there's always somebody, maybe even a few, who want to walk along, and they want to talk to you about everything that they want to talk about, instead of the things that really matter in the kingdom of God. They want to distract you and get your attention away from where that attention ought to be, whatever it is that's used to do that. Elisha would not be distracted. He told them to be quiet, stop talking. I know what's going on. I know my place. God has put me here, and I'm not going to fail and be where God wants me to be at the critical moment of his decision for me in my life and ministry. So he stayed close to Elijah. He didn't try to get close to the sons of the prophets. There were a bunch of them. And if he knew Elijah was going to be gone, he might have been trying to curry favor with them, but he wasn't. He was trying to do what God wanted him to do. And God had told him, stay close to my prophet, my son, Elijah. So that's what Elisha is doing. So now, Elijah says to him, God has told me to go to the Jordan. Wait for me here. And Elisha gave him the same answer he gave him every time. As God lives, as you live, I'm going to follow you and keep my eyes on you and not be distracted. I'm going with you to Jordan. So Elisha walked right with Elijah, right up to the edge of the River Jordan. And we got to the River Jordan. There was no bridge. There was water flowing. If they were supposed to get on the other side, they had to find a way to do it. 
So now here God begins to work in a very spectacular way for the benefit of Elisha. He's not doing this for Elijah. Elijah finished his ministry. He's already had his miracles. He's already had his great evidences of the power of God. He's already seen things that nobody else had seen before him that God had done. So now this is for Elisha. So Elijah, the senior prophet, takes out his cloak, takes off his cloak, and he rolls it up, and he strikes the water with it. And as his cloak hits the water, the water begins to roll back both ways. And then the scripture says they walked across on dry land. It had to be a powerful thing. It also evaporated all the moisture that was in the bed of the river as well because they walked over dry land. And they walked across to the other side. Now, Elisha has seen many great things that have been done in the ministry of Elijah. But now he's coming to the very close of his time. Elisha knows it. Elijah knows it. And he says, Elijah is thinking, Elisha is thinking, this is a great manifestation of the power of God. For what purpose is this? He doesn't know. It must be more than just to give them away to get on the other side of the River Jordan. They walk over. Now they're on the other side. And when, we get to, when they get to the other side, Elijah speaks to Elisha, and he says, What do you want at the end of my ministry that I can perform for you? I'm putting it in my words. But he said, Tell me what you want to receive. And Elisha said, I want to receive a double portion of your anointing. I want double the power in my life by the Holy Spirit that you have had in your life in ministry. And Elijah said, you have asked a very difficult thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I go away, it will be granted to you to have a double portion. If you do not see me when I go away, it will not be given to you. Now, he stayed with him all this time. So Elisha must be wondering, what is it going to take for me to stay with him and keep my eyes on him? I don't know. But what I do know is I have purposed I'm not going to miss what God has for me. I have purposed I'm going to receive everything that God has planned for me. I have purposed I'm going to do the will of God. I have purposed I'm going to fulfill God's plan. I have purposed I'm going to do everything that God is calling me to do. And right now, Elijah has made it clear I have to keep my eyes on him. So he stands there, and they continue to walk along now along the bank of the Jordan. And all of a sudden, you may know this story and know it very well. All of a sudden, chariots of fire, fiery chariots, swoop down and come between Elijah and Elisha. And as they come between, they head back up toward the heavens. That has to be a tremendous distraction. I've never seen anything more powerful to ride on than a mule or a donkey. And now fiery chariots have come by. And they, and they they ride between them. So what would you do? The same thing I'd do, probably. Look at those chariots. Oh, wow. i never seen it like that before. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why happened to Elijah? If you get your eyes on the wrong thing, you'll miss the blessing. If you start looking at the wrong thing, you'll miss the power. 
You start looking at all the complexities and all the little difficulties and all the little annoyances, and they are there, and all the little nuisances and all the little words that are spoken and all the little offenses that are created and all of those things that are just so important you can't even hardly eat a slice of bread because you're tied up and tangled up in all of them. And you don't see what's going on. You don't see what you're supposed to see. You don't see what God wants you to see. You miss it because you're looking at the wrong things. But Elisha did not do that. When the fiery chariot came through, he kept looking right at the prophet Elijah. Nothing distracted him. His focus, his attention was on Elijah. Because what he wanted was not just to see the miracle of Elijah taken away. That might not have been quite as great a miracle as the fiery chariot going through. He didn't want to just see him taken away. He wanted to do what he was told to do in order to receive the double blessing. He wanted to meet the need. He wanted to obey. He wanted to keep faith with God. And he said, I'm going to keep my eyes on Elijah no matter what happens. And that's what he did. So when the fiery chariots went on past, the fiery horses with them, and then for a second or so, Elijah was still there. You know, he didn't go up in the fiery chariot. Casey thought he stepped on the chariot, as some preachers have said. He stepped on that fiery chariot and stepped on it. No, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says he went up in a whirlwind. So right after the fiery chariot went by, which did not distract Elisha from what he was supposed to be doing, when the fiery chariot went by, then Elisha is looking at Elijah, and Elijah begins to rise in a whirlwind of the wind that God created and just caught him up. And Elijah is taken away with Elisha looking at him. And now Elijah is gone. The only thing left of Elijah physically is his coat, which is laying there on the ground, the mantle that he was wearing, the same one that he rolled up and smoked the river and caused the waters to turn back on both sides. The mantle is laying there on the ground. Here now is Elisha caught in the same place that we are often found, that we often find ourselves. He's at the place he can choose miracles or he can choose less than God has. He can choose. And that is a place that I would never prefer to be. I am there a lot of times, not because I choose to be there. But because God puts me there, as he puts you there sometimes, where you're in a position to receive God's best or to turn aside and not pay the price to have it. Here's Elisha now standing there. The only thing left is that coat rolled up on the ground. But he knows. He knows what God has said through the prophet Elijah. If you see me when I go away, you will receive a double portion of my anointing. And he knows he saw him when he went away. So he knows. He met the condition that God, through Elijah, had spoken to him. He had done what God told him to do. And so now he's standing there. I've done what God told me to do. Where's my double portion? Where's my anointing? Why am I not lifted up into heaven and twirled around, turn around, sitting another, and, 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 and sit down in my place again? Why isn't God showing me this? Because
because there was still something left for Elisha to do. He still had to take one more step of faith. And he knew that. He had to receive the double portion of the anointing. And it was from Elijah's mantle that he saw that. He reached down and picked up the mantle and rolled up that, that that had caused the waters to roll back. But the waters rolled back at the touch of that mantle because of the prophet Elijah. Elisha had never done anything like that. So now, here he is. Elijah's gone. The only thing left is his mantle and the promise. The mantle and the promise. The promise was, if you see me when I go away, you'll receive a double portion of the anointing. So, Elisha had the mantle, and he had the promise, but that's all he had. I'd rather have the reality already there, wouldn't you? Just like Elisha. I, Elisha was wishing, as soon as Elijah went away, and that mantle was there, he was wishing that the water would roll back again, that the chariots would come back again, let him see him, step on him and take a ride, have a wonderful time, because God told me I'd have a double portion of the anointing. I expect even greater things than was done with Elijah, but here I am. He's gone, and I'm here by myself. And all I can see is this old robe, garment, cloak, mantle, laying here on the ground. But Elisha knew what God had said. So he picks up the mantle. And he holds it and looks at it for a little bit, trying to decide... What should I do? What should I do? Because you see, if he tries to do anything with that mantle, it doesn't work. And that's what the enemy will always tell you. Just when you're getting ready to receive, what if it doesn't work? What are people going to say about it? What are people going to say about you? That you were wrong. That you missed it. You must have not heard God. You must have misunderstood what you thought God said. Because all those prophets, sons of the prophets from the school of the prophets, were over there right on the other side of the Jordan. All 50 of them. And they were all looking at Elisha. What's he going to do now? Elijah's gone. They're talking to each other. Look at him. He doesn't know what to do. He's, he doesn't know what to do now that Elijah's gone. All he ever knew to do was walk with him and follow his footsteps. Do everything he said. Look at him. He, he doesn't know what to do. He's standing there more confused than we are. And there's Elisha standing there. He reached down. He reaches down and takes up that mantle. What am I going to do with this thing? But suddenly, a surge of faith came in. Because now he had that double anointing. He just had to put it into practice. He had to put into practice what God had given him. Why did he know God had given to it? Because God had made the promise. It hadn't been in effect yet. It wasn't in effect. He hadn't done anything to prove it, but he had the promise. And friend, when you've got the promise of God, you've got the reality. When you've got the promise of God, you've got a never-failing, non-failing, always applicable, always viable assurance that what God said he is going to do and what God promised he will give. Everything God has said, he's going to do it. That's all Elisha had. That and that scruffy old mantle that he picked up. So when he picked it up, he walked over to the river. 
struck the water with it, and he cried out as the, as the mantle struck the water. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Where is the God who makes promises and says, prove me? Where is the God who says, I will do this, and I expect to see him do it? Where is the God who said, if you do what I tell you to do, I'll do what you want me to do? Where is the God who said that? Where is the God who said, anything I've ever done before I can do again? I rolled back the river one time, I can roll it back again. All I need is the faith of a man to make it happen. All I need is the faith of one who will take that metal and strike that water one more time. All I need is somebody who will step up and obey me, not worry about the prophets that are looking at him, not worry about the opinions of the world, but do what I want him to do. All I need to make this happen is one man who will stand up and strike the river and cry out, Where is my God? And I will come on the scene, and I will answer, and I will show him that I'm here. Elisha put him to the test. Elisha said, I'm going to prove God keeps his word. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And and Elijah's God, and Elisha's God answered him. And he rolled back the waters as the mantle hit the streams. It rolled back the water and he walked across the river over to where the sons of the prophets were to say, now... God's anointing that was on Elijah is on me, on Elisha, the prophet of God, and it's going to stay on me in a double portion. You've just seen it put into effect. So the sons of the prophet now started to follow Elijah. Elisha, after they followed Elijah for so long, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Anything that God has ever done, he can do now. Any healing God's ever done, he can do it again. Any revival God's ever sent, he can do it again. There's no restriction, no restraint, no holding back the power of God when God is ready to move, and God is ready to move when His people are ready for Him to move. When we're willing to take up the mantle and strike the river by faith and cry out, I am putting my God to the test. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? He made me a promise. Where is He now? He said He would do something if I did something. If I watched Elijah taken away, He'd give me a double portion. Where is He now? Where is God? And God's answer was, as soon as you act in faith, you will see that I'm right here. As soon as you hit that water with that mantle, it will prove to you, I'm right here. You take the step of faith. You take the act of faith, and I will show you where I am. And you'll find out instantly, I'm right here, right beside you, right with you, where I've always been. Hallelujah. 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 Elijah learned that you have to walk closely. You have to walk closely. He walked closely with Elijah. And Elisha learned, if you do that, you will reap. You will reap the harvest. You will reap the promise of God. And God will prove himself to you. God will prove his word to you. And you will stand in the victory of the Lord because you've acted in faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know where that mantle lies right now exactly. But I feel like it's right here. Right here, right at our feet. Just waiting. 
that's waiting for that step of faith. You and me to reach down and take it. And not just take it, but to act on it and strike that river and see it roll back. And see it roll back. That's what God is ready to do. The only question is, are we ready to take that step and ready for God to do it? If we're ready, God's ready. If we want God to move, we can be sure we're in harmony with Him. God wants to move. So here we are, standing by the river. There's the mantle. God has made us a promise. God has said what He will do. And we know that God will do what He says He'll do. So here's the promise of God. Here's the opportunity to take it up and do something with it. Not just for the whole church, not just for the whole county, but for our individual lives as well. The first one who got really blessed was Elisha. Here's the first one to get really blessed because he saw God do something that he promised he would do. And when Elisha saw God fulfill his word, oh, it must have buoyed his spirits up the way he was ready to ready himself to travel into the heavenlies. So great must he have felt when he saw God answer the touch of that mantle on the river, when he saw God answer prayer, when he saw God respond to the promise he had made, when he saw God prove himself that he would not tell us something and then fail to do it. That was proved me faith, friends, in the greatest characterization. When Elisha stood to that river and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? He was crying out, Prove me. Prove, prove, prove yourself to me, O God. Prove yourself. I put you to the test. I know you spoke. I believe I heard you. And if you have spoken and you have promised, now's the time for you to show it. And that's what God did. He showed that he had done it. And that's what God always does. He always shows, if I promised you I'm going to do it, I will do it. It may not always be immediate as that was. But I am not going to tell you that we ought to put on our waiting outfits. Waiting, not waiting. Waiting outfits to wait for something. We ought not to cloak ourselves up and wrap ourselves up and say we're going to wait until God's ready to move. I think we ought to take up the mantle, pick it up, throw it in the water, by faith, to see God do what he says he'll do. It's time to act on what God wants to do, friends. It's time to act on what God wants to do. And you may be at a place right now where you're not sure, yeah, I'm not really close to the Lord, Pastor, not all that close. I kind of know what you're talking about, but not really by experience, I don't know it. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you can know it. You can know it, and you can know it right away. Now, I'm going to ask you, I, I preached a message this morning that is a challenge. I hope this is a challenge to you. I hope that this, this moves your heart to say, I don't want to live tomorrow like I lived yesterday. I don't want to stay right where I am with God. I want to move closer to God. I want to move into His intimate presence. I want to get into the place where I see God moving and the miracle of power demonstrated. I want to be where God's doing something in my life in a powerful way. I want, to, I want to see God do something beyond what I even understand right now. I'm not even at the level of complete understanding about all this, Pastor, but I believe what you
you said. And I believe God keeps his word. I believe God's made promises in our lives. And if we'll be faithful, God will keep his word. That's what we have to believe. That's why we need to stand. And I'm going to ask you this morning. I, don't, I, I always hate to do this, but I'm going to do it today because I feel like the Lord wants me to. I always hate to say it. It's something like, if you believe me, this, everybody stand. Because if you don't stand, I'm not going to judge you. And I, please, you do as you feel. But I'm going to say to you right now, I preached a message to challenge you this morning. And if you want to take that challenge, figuratively, you want to take that mantle, and you want to move in faith and power to see what God will do in your life and around you, I want you to stand with me right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Stand right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. I know. I know. I started on this a little while back, and I've preached on this now for two or three Sundays. I know that I have. But that's when I saw this message in the Word of God, I said, this is this has proved me faith as clearly as there is anywhere in the Bible. This has proved me faith. This has put me to the test, children. 